You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everybody, Tim McMaster here along with Rhett Bollinger, our MLB.com Twins reporter. And Rhett, a lot to get to. Um, pitchers making starts, both good and bad. We'll talk about some of the competition around spring training for the Twins and some youngsters who have gotten a look this week on the pitching mound. Guys, a, a kind of a glimpse into the future, but I want to start with a story that you just put out uh, today, and that is about... Uh, Brian Dozier, and I guess the word he used and they used in the story is that he's disappointed that the team hasn't really come to him as far as an extension goes. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. He stated time and time again that he wants to remain a part of this organization and the Twins. Um, How disappointed is he, I guess, from what you can infer from talking to him? Is he down about this? Is he going to let it bother him at all, or is he just kind of moving on for now? Well, the one thing about Brian Dozier is definitely professional. I don't think it'll bother him, but at the same time, um, I don't think that he was thrilled the way it all went down in terms of the fact that, you know, he's definitely open about, you know, wanting to get an extension. Uh, the Twins um, have decided that's not going to happen, at least not this spring. There's always a chance they could obviously revisit it during the season or even after the season and re-sign him. So, like, it's totally out the window. But, um, yeah, I think that he was just a little bit disappointed the way it went. That's kind of the word he wanted to use, disappointed, because he does want to stay with the Twins. Um, and the front office has a reason, you know, they have a bunch of, you know, young shortstop type players and middle infielders coming up. You know, Nick Gordon's on the way up. They already have Jorge Polanco at shortstop. You know, they got Wander Javier and Royce Lewis down the road. So they've got enough, you know, candidates to play middle infield, you know, in the upcoming future that it could make some sense to kind of move on from Dozier because he's not going to be probably too cheap in the sense that, you know, he's a guy that's coming off of uh, a gold glove year. He's had a 40 home run season under himself. Um, you know, so it's not going to probably come too cheap. And obviously with a younger team, uh, they could decide to go with a kind of a younger core up the middle. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's the face of this franchise along with Joe Bauer. Uh, so to lose him would be tough in that sense as well. And Bauer's the last year of his deal, as is Irvin Santana. And some of their big veterans, it's going to be interesting to kind of follow along here and see if the Twins are going to be willing to engage these guys on extension as we go deeper into the season, or if they're going to be willing to let these guys go into free agency, potentially offer qualifying offers, that kind of thing, and kind of see where it goes, uh, you know, later this year. It'll certainly be interesting, especially the Twins, obviously, at this point, going into 2018, expect to contend, uh, if not for the division, at least a wild card berth. They've made moves to move in that direction after capturing that second wild card berth a year ago. But if things were to not go well and they were to fall out of contention, I would think that Doja would be a guy that maybe some teams, although who knows with the second base market and Neil Walker still available through free agency right now, but you would think come trade deadline time, there would be some interest in a guy that can hit at the level that Doja can and, and the character that he is. Um, do you think if they weren't contending, they would deal him at the deadline or at least try to? I would think it would make some sense. You know, even same thing with Urban Santana. Uh, Mowers, the different subject of Mowers got a no trade clause. But yeah, if the Twins were to you know, be out of it there. I, it would make some sense to trade him. Um, it's always tough, though, you know, now with two wild cards, you know, you have to be pretty far out of it to really want to sell that big at this point. You know, last year, the Twins, as we know, were kind of in the periphery. They ended up buying and then selling and then ended up winning the wild card anyway. So it's always kind of interesting kind of dancing to play there just because there's so many more teams usually now that are in that compete mode. And even just looking through the American League, 
You know, obviously there's some super teams at the top, you know, the Indians and the Yankees and, you know, uh, you know having the Astros coming off the World Series title, the Red Sox. But the Twins are kind of right in that second tier there, you know, with some teams like the, you know, the Angels and maybe the Blue Jays, some of those teams competing for that wild card spot. So, you know, but if things were to completely fall apart, I do think that it would make some sense to get something from Dozier. You know, they tried to trade him or at least, you know, not maybe really try to trade him, but they at least explored trading him, you know, last offseason. Um, and there's talks about the Dodgers maybe being a fit. Um, ultimately, the Dodgers just, you know, didn't offer a good enough package for him. They offered Jose De Leon, um, who's been pretty injured and really kind of lost his prospect status, to be honest, with the Rays. That would not have made sense for the Twins. But you got to, yeah, you got to kind of figure out, you know, if, kind of weigh their needs going forward and obviously pitching is their biggest thing when you look to the future um as far as this team goes you got a glimpse of it a little bit on monday in clearwater as the twins sent a bunch of young pitchers who could end up being starting pieces down the road some of them closer to the big leagues than other but fernando romero steven gonzalez zach little Aaron Sleggers all made the trip to clearwater they're guys that aren't going to be on the opening day roster but it sounds like paul molitor really likes these guys yeah, it's nice to have some depth of guys that are close to the majors. You know, I know a lot of fans have heard a lot about, especially, you know, Gonsalves and Romero over the years, um, you know, especially when they're younger. And, you know, Romero uh, had some injury problems as well, missing time down in the minor leagues. But really his stuff is so impressive. You know, that's Romero of that group is a guy that can throw 100 miles per hour. He's got a great slider, you know, strikeout stuff. Um, but the thing with him is he's so tantalizing because he throws so hard um, and really could profile as a pretty good reliever as well. They kind of have to weigh, you know, does it make sense to get him up here as a reliever maybe this year just to get a taste of the majors and help out that bullpen, or do we want to keep him as a starter? I think that the team, though, does believe he has kind of the, the build and the, the stuff and it can hold it well enough to be a starter, so you don't want to lose out on that and go right to relief because, obviously, if he's a good starter, it's, it's worth more and it's more valuable than a good reliever. Uh, whereas the other guys put on more starters, when Salvin's kind of that classic lefty, throws low 90s, great changeup. Six foot five, good frame. Um, he's having a pretty solid spring so far. Got a couple of starts here, even including one against the University of Minnesota. Um, and then, you know, Aaron Sleggers, the Twins saw a little bit of him last year. Had a really good start against the Indians in his major league debut. Uh, he's six foot ten, so kind of a different look. Tallest guy in the organization. Can get a lot of ground balls. Doesn't give him any home runs. Uh, but stuff wise, he's more like low 90s. Um, you know, kind of gets a lot of ground balls, but isn't really a big strikeout guy. So he's probably, of that group, probably projects to be more of a back-end guy than any of those guys. And then Zach Mattel is a guy that really is intriguing. They got him for Jaime Garcia last year when they sold at the deadline from the Yankees. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, of player wins, or sorry, pitcher wins, but when a guy goes 19-1, uh, no, matter how, no matter how much you hate pitcher wins, he goes 19-1, he had a pretty good season. Um, and he did that last year between the Yankees and the Twins in the minor leagues um, and has a great ground ball rate. You look at his ground ball rate throughout his minor league career, above 60%. So he's got a very good sinker. Um, can strike out enough guys, but the same thing is the guy that throws more low 90s. And really, the, you know, of those of that four guys, three of them are kind of not very big high-velocity guys, um, whereas Romero has the big-time stuff. And that's just, you know, kind of the four guys that are closest to the majors. They still have a lot of other guys uh, down in the minor leagues that are definitely very intriguing, including uh, Gratterall, who's probably might have some of the highest-end stuff of anybody in the system. So um, there's a lot of guys to kind of look out for this year, but those are the four guys that are going to pretty much likely be part of that Rochester rotation. It should be pretty good this year, and the Twins could certainly uh, kind of dip down and, and use some of that depth, depending on how things go with their rotation this season.
All right, talking about the 2018 starting rotation, Kyle Gibson's going to be a big part of that. He had a nice second half in 2017 as he went 8-4. The ERA dropped from the first half, uh, and he's off to a really nice start so far this spring. And you wrote about it on the site a little bit, Red. It's fascinating. He got a big lift from Byron Buxton, a young center fielder, helping out a pitcher to, to kind of maximize his slider. Kind of explain how that went down late last year. Yeah, it was very interesting. So last July... Uh, Byron Buxton was coming off a DL um, and had to get some live batting practice, and Kyle Gibson threw to him. And as they were kind of, you know, in the middle of the session afterward, Buxton had noticed in the middle of the session that, you know, Gibson, his fastball, the way that his slider was coming out of his hand was similar. It was hard to kind of get, you know, read the difference between the two pitches in a sense. You know, if he threw that outside, you know, sinker, when he came back with that same kind of outside pitch when it was a slider, it was hard to tell, you know, the difference. So that pitch was kind of darting out of the zone. Um, and it wasn't a pitch that Gibson threw a ton. Um, before that, but I can't think after that, I kind of did some of the research there on StatCast and looked it up, and, you know, sure enough, that last couple months of the season, um, he, he really went to that slider a lot more than his curveball. I think it made a big difference. You know, his strikeout rate went, uh, went way up. He had a great ERA the second half of the season, was probably their best hitter down the stretch, and now he's, you know, kind of a lock to make the rotation this year because of that. Um, so it's pretty interesting to see that a guy that's that young like Buxton notice that. It kind of shows you, you know, his teammates, it's kind of nice to have someone to bounce ideas off and let you know, hey, this is what I'm seeing. So it kind of gave gives him a little bit of you know affirmation that that slider could actually play for the big leagues. And he was mostly kind of kind of working on his changeup and his curveball um, to realize that slider could be a, you know an out pitch. And uh, it really helped his strikeout rate and really you know kind of jump started his second half there, all because Buxton noticed something uh, from a veteran guy that wasn't really throwing many sliders prior to that. One more thing I wanted to touch on with you, Rate Rhett, and that is uh, the outfield competition for that fourth spot in the outfield. It's not going very well. Uh, Zach Granite entered the day hitting 167 on the spring. Robbie Grossman entered after Monday 0 for 17. Um, somebody has to be the fourth outfielder, but it doesn't seem like either of those guys really is playing like they want it. Yeah, it's very interesting, that competition, just because it changed so much with the addition of Logan Morrison, in a sense. I think going into the spring, everyone kind of thought that, you know, Vargas and Grossman would be the two guys to make the team. They could alternate at DH based on matchups. Vargas could play some first base when Mauer is not, you know, going to play. Grossman could play a little bit outfield here and there, especially against lefties. Um, but that's changed a little bit. You know, the addition of Logan Morrison. Morrison now is pretty much going to be the full-time DH. Um, and to play a little bit of first base behind Mauer as well. So there's really not as much room for Vargas or really even Grossman because Grossman was more of a DH type. Um, now Grossman has to make the team as a backup outfielder. And we know that Grossman's had great on-base percentages with the Twins the last two years, um, but kind of a shaky defender out in the outfield. Just put that the way, you know, is it going to make sense to have a guy who can plug in the outfield here and there, especially against lefties, and maybe DH him on some days and Logan Morrison doesn't play. Or we want to have a guy like Zach Granite who can play all three positions and pinch run, pinch hit, kind of be more of the athletic type of a fourth outfielder but doesn't have much experience. So they also could decide that, you know what, we want to have Grossman be our guy uh, and play sparingly because he's a veteran anyway, and then have, you know, Granite play at AAA every day to continue to kind of hone his skills. You know, Granite was the organization's, you know, minor league player of the year last year. He probably could, you know, do some things that AAA to kind of help himself going forward to prove that he's more than just a fourth outfielder. Um, so, yeah, as you said, this spring so far, both guys are off to slow starts. Um, I think more than anything, even more than staff, I think it's just going to be a kind of a matter of preference. Uh, for the front office and Mauler, they're going to decide that, you know, that they want to have that speedy option off the bench or more of a guy that can draw some walks and get on base but has a little bit of difficulty as, as a defensive outfielder. So kind of have to weigh those pluses and minuses. There's some other guys here in camp. Ryan Lamar's having a great camp so far. He's been their best hitter as a backup outfielder, but 
you know, even modern today, so truthfully, you know, he's more of a guy that's more likely to go to AAA. Uh, more than anything, it's really between Granite and Grossman. I think ultimately, yeah, it's just going to come down to a matter of preference for the Twins in that front office and, and modern and what they want to have is kind of their last, you know, final bench piece behind Eduardo Escobar, likely Mitch Garver and A. Ray Adrianza. Definitely a battle we will keep our eyes on, and hopefully one of those guys steps up and starts to uh, get it done at the dish and separates himself for sure. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Twins edition. For Rhett Bollinger, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.